welcome to Wise Women Chat Podcast. I am Trisha Duckworth. Let's chat about divorce. Did you know over 2 million divorces takes place each year in this country? That's about one divorce every 13 seconds. This subject may not be for everyone, but every one of us knows someone who have gone through a divorce. My guest and I are not advocating for divorce. We will simply chat about her divorces as she provides hope and encouragement for many going through such an ordeal. Topic, when divorce is okay. My guest, Keisha Wright, will share her experiences and explain when divorce was okay for her. I'm going to allow Keisha to introduce herself as she will do it better. Welcome, Keisha. Hello, hello, Trisha, and hello, everyone uh, here with Wise Women Chat. I am Keisha Wright. I am a personal development and life strategist, Wright Talk for Life. I am a mother of four wonderful sons, and of course, as Trisha said, I am twice divorced, but still happily single, and still looking forward to being happily married. So... That's me, and I'm just here to share my testimony, and hopefully it will be a blessing to someone else. Thank you for that introduction, Keisha. We're going to get started, and I have some questions to ask you, and I'm sure that the listening audience will want to know. Inquiring minds will want to know. Keisha, (laughs) how do you define marriage based on God's principle? How do I define marriage? I define marriage as first of all it's God idea it is the foundation for the family and I believe when it's done right it is the uh, advancing of God's kingdom I believe that as a husband and wife you come together to build to build a legacy to build an inheritance to uh be a blessing to your next generation that your great 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 grandchildren will be able to benefit from when you're long gone. Wonderful. Okay. All right. So, Keisha, um, you already stated that uh, you've gone through two divorces. So, provide to the listening audience as transparent as you can be what led to your divorces. Well, the first. Uh, marriage for me was I was just young uh, very immature no counseling no guidance um, my husband was also uh, not knowing how to be married not really understanding the relationship of marriage and the, the responsibility of marriage um, I was one of those that got married because my um, my first husband and I moved out together and we were living together and we um, had my son, my first son. And I have one of those fathers that was like, yo, you all need to get married. You all have a child. So that's what we did. 
and um, it did not last, and we ended up being um, divorced. My second marriage, I got married because I was trying to do the right thing and not um, continue to fornicate. I'm just going to be very raw and transparent. Um, I didn't want to continue to not please God and have sex. And instead of me, you know, talking to God and really asking him to help me to discipline myself, I chose to, you know, tell him, you know, God, hey, I really want to please you. I, you know, continue this type of behavior. If I, the next person I have sex with, if, if I do it, then I'm just going to get married. And that's what I did. I felt like we had a chance because, you know, I was saved, he was saved, and I felt like we could, you know, if we both knew Jesus, then we could, you know, keep our marriage together. Unfortunately, marriage is not a cure-all. Marriage is probably, um, it, it's, whew, it really exposed so much. It was very challenging and, and difficult. And I must say, if I honestly, if I keep it 100, if I had it to do all over again, if I had uh, fornicated again, I would have repented. And as God to help me with my flesh instead of getting married, that was not the best thing to me. Okay. For me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so it sounds like you had definitely had some challenges there um, in your relationships um, with your ex-husband. Can you expound a little bit on it? You don't have to do both, either one, the first marriage or the second marriage, but could you kind of expound a little bit on those um, your relationship with either one of those ex-husbands, how it got so bad that um, you both were willing to divorce? Well, I, that's fine. Um... The first one, I would say, um, like I said before, we were just really, really young. Um, we did not see eye to eye on a lot of things. We ended up doing a lot of things to, well, actually, the crazy part, I must say, I don't think we really hurt each other. I I, I did more of the damage in my first marriage. I ruined it. I, I would have to say that. And maybe I just didn't give him an opportunity to do it, but I did. Um, I was very bossy. I felt like I knew everything. I was, um, I, I just felt like, you know, my husband, any kind of way, I didn't really look at him as being the head. I didn't respect him. And basically, I told him to leave. I told him to get out. And I was very mean. And, um, I really regret that. I, if I could change one thing, I really regret the, the hurt that I caused in that particular relationship. And the second one, due to the fact I had been so ugly in my first relationship, and then I had, um, you know, gotten a little bit more educated on marriage. And I remember uh, going to new birth. Um, rest in peace to Bishop Eddie L. Long. I was a member there for 10 years and I remember Bishop ministering a sermon called I Don't Want Delilah, I Need You. And that sermon really did something to me and it made me really start looking at myself as far as what and how I should be in a marriage to my husband. So by the time I was married the second time, I was trying to really be that God like, unfortunately. 
I just did not have uh, oh, um, I guess I just didn't have everything in me it took to make that work um, my husband was one of those that felt like I want to be the rescue save it you know do everything and he just wasn't equipped might have wanted to but um you know we I went through a lot I went through a whole lot with that one and you know I'm not trying to go under the bus or anything because I mean you don't know what you don't know or or whatever the case may be but he basically wanted to end the marriage and trust me I was perfectly okay with it because we just it just wasn't working you know we just could not seem to get on one accord and um I mean it was it was I'm sure it, it was. was. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Well, I mean, Keisha, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it was, but I'm sure also that a, a lot of listening, um, uh, the listening audience would like to know. I heard you say that you know you retired. You was just you just wanted to go on by your way, by, by about your way. But was there any counseling in either one of your marriages? Was there, you know, a fight for your marriage? Any reconciling? what with the first one no there was no no counseling or anything um with the second one there was and even i can say with my second marriage my um mother-in-law told me something that was so profound to me in the beginning she was like um a man is to love his wife and a woman is to respect her husband and i had never heard that before and when I really thought about it, it made sense because how many of us know it's very difficult for us as women to respect, you know, a, a man or a head of household. And he got scared. I didn't. And I tried, but I didn't. But um, then as far as counseling goes, yeah, we, we had several people to try to you know, give us words of wisdom and ways to work things out. But I think we, a marriage couldn't work because we were so broken. Let me say that. Mm. We were trying to deal with a marriage. You're trying to counsel a marriage to two broken people. Mm. And I think people needed healing first before we could come together for the marriage. And it's so funny because as you just asked that question, that just really, um, that's what really happened. We mm-hmm. were, we were you know, you're trying to preach to a marriage or counsel a marriage, you had to counsel us first. Right, right, right. So were you uh, both or in either one of the marriages willing to get counseling individually first? Um, like I said, the first one, we were just young, so I mm-hmm. can't even, we weren't doing anything. Mm-hmm. The second one, um, actually we did when I think about it yeah we did go to counseling and mm-hmm. it was in, in individual counseling yes I was willing but at that time when I recalled in my life I was just all over the place I had no clue who I was where I was going I'm trying to just live this this life that I feel like I'm expected to live because I'm a Christian woman but I was so lost within myself hmm. own sense of identity and I believe that that was my husband I think we're both trying to 
operate in role, mm-hmm. but not understand we are were in the role. Oh, wow, that's good. So that that was the you know that that was the problem, and I think that's what happens with a lot of marriages. Right. You know, mm-hmm. got to operate in a role, but you got to know who you are in it. Right. So I would have to say that that was the that was the issue with me, really, in both of them. Okay. Honestly. All right. Well, okay. Well, Keisha, what things do you see now about yourself that you didn't see while you were married? Ah, <laughs> the things that I see about myself now that I didn't see that I was married. I know who I am. Mm, that's good. I have a sense of purpose mm-hmm. and identity. Um, I work on my wholeness and staying whole every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like my I have been enlightened mm-hmm. to now understand not just my role and just in a relationship as far as a marriage because right now I'm single, but as a mother, as a woman, just as an individual, I believe that you know I can't in control anyone else I can only control me so I now know that I have to take responsibility for me and that I can't change anyone else but that person that I see in the mirror and as I work on her mm-hmm. that empowers me mm-hmm. and as I allow the other person to work on themselves that empowers me as well because I'm not being defeated trying to change anybody else I allow them to grow as I allow myself. That's good. That's good. So, Keisha, what advice would you give a woman who may be going through a divorce right now or, you know, going through something similar in that divorce that you went through? What advice would you give her? My main advice that I would give her is for her to take a good look at herself and... I would tell her to take a look at herself and ask herself questions. Who am I? Where am I going? Where am I right now? How do I want to get there? What do I need to do in order to get to that place? When you go through a divorce, it's a it's it's a death of something. And when something dies, you still you have to build something. And as a woman, because usually we are, I guess just depending on who ended it, um, you have to look really look at yourself and take responsibility for yourself and your actions. Mm. And forgive yourself. Mm, that's good. Love yourself. Mm-hmm. But also get the counseling or support that you need yes. what you have to go through and number one first and foremost be honest yes. with yourself yes. you have to be honest with yourself and yes. those are the things that I would tell someone I mean because you know when I, when I divorced my second time it wasn't as hard for as it was the first time. The first time it was really hard because I blamed myself for so much and I I, I can truly say I was to blame. Mm-hmm. But by the time I assumed that responsibility it was like, okay, 
you know, by the time the second time rolled around, I was pretty much good. Mm-hmm. I was on deep in accepting his decision, but I still needed so much work within myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually if a marriage breaks down, I believe there's a breakdown in other areas first. Mm-hmm. It's down in marriages. That's good. That's good. Keisha, describe ways your faith in God kept you from um, going after um, with your divorces. Let me rephrase that. Describe ways your faith in God kept you going after your divorces. How my faith in God after my divorces. Well, my first divorce, that one was really, really, really hard. Because here again, I blamed myself for so much. And I was to blame. And unfortunately, by the time I had gotten the information that I needed, or it was a start you know like I said I heard that sermon I don't want the lava I need you and I really wanted to change but damage had already been done and it took me years to really forgive myself and you know just having that faith in God and and my relationship with him and and talking to him even though God had forgiven me for so much but I kept myself you know, in this place of condemnation and fear. But my faith in him did keep me to where I continued to move forward and continued to seek um, continued to seek wisdom. Yes. Continue to seek advice and just continue to live. By the time I got to my second one, uh, I guess at that point I was so let me tell you something, I was so in tune with God to where I could talk to him and I asked God specifically and I saw God working in my life even in the midst of me still being married God showed up to the place where I asked God specifically I was pregnant with my second son and I asked him specifically uh, I, well I told him specifically that's in my first um, like first trimester of my pregnancy I was like God I'm tired I'm just tired because we had gone through being homeless most of the time. We were staying with people. We uh, didn't have any money. We couldn't get on one accord when it came down to who gonna keep the first baby. Um, my husband was doing things that I didn't agree with. We were arguing. And by the time you know I was pregnant with my second son, I was just tired. And God fixed it to where we were separated throughout my whole pregnancy. And finally, I think like two, right before I had my son, like two weeks before, um, he was back home and I told God, I didn't want him even in the delivery room with me. And sure enough, I called when I went into labor, but I did not know that my son was going to come as quick as he did. By the time I got to the hospital within 30 minutes, my child basically delivered himself without the doctor. There was nobody in the room but me, my mama, and a nurse. Mm. So my faith in God, just knowing that God heard my prayers and that I, I truly believe that somebody can call it what they want to call it, but I believe that was God letting me know, Keisha, I'm here. And right. Keisha, I understand. And I yeah. truly believe he understood it because I really did try with my second marriage, even with the... Um, even with, I, I even have to say a, a half heart because there's no way you can fully love a person or know how to be married to a person that you just get married to. I mean, granted, we 
we didn't uh, we knew each other we went to high school together uh, from what he told me I was his dream girl or whatever and you know but there's no way you can fully prepare for a marriage so I was kind of not fully in love to just say oh I want this marriage to work I was just I love Jesus enough that I wanted to try to make my marriage work and that that really kept me throughout the marriage and even going through the divorce and knowing that the Lord was with me through it wow wow so Keisha do you foresee yourself being married again and if so what does that ideal husband look like for you absolutely I do I um I believe in marriage I believe that um I, I believe that those who want to be married should be married, and I'm one of those. Um, I love the the whole idea of marriage, but I try to make sure that I'm not in love with the idea <laughs> of it so much as really be in love with being married to that white person that we can build together, because you cannot continue to build by tearing down. Mm-hmm. So when I get married again I have to make sure that he's that we're really on one accord and that we really understand the responsibility that we both share in being married and also make sure that our visions are the same that we are truly on one accord um you know marriage is not something that should be entered into lightly and it's something that you should you know consult with God about and I truly look at marriage as a triangle mm-hmm. God being the head of that triangle and the husband being at on one side of the triangle at the bottom and the woman and the wife being on the other side and if you are connected first mm-hmm. going upward towards God if you're connected together at the tip of the triangle then you should be able to connect together at the, at the bottom so if that makes sense you can kind of picture it but that's how I um, foresee a marriage should be in but yeah I, I definitely want to get married again um, I have sons that I believe that um, the right man being in my life could you know help to continue to raise them mm-hmm. but uh, you know okay mm-hmm. I, I, I love it you right. know I, I'm getting up work no matter what through, I'm not bitter. I learned from it. Mm-hmm. I assumed my responsibility for whatever happened in both of my And I go on. I think the only time you really end up being bitter is that you just feel as though you didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that, you know, two people can be together and you just have done nothing. I mean, you know, even for choosing that person, if you chose them and you knew they wasn't nothing, you gotta assume that you chose them and you knew they wasn't nothing. <laughs> they put you, you know, let's just be honest, right. you know, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So, what can you do this for me? Give somebody hope. Encourage them tonight. <laughs> encourage them tonight. I would encourage anyone that wants to. I, I want to encourage you to just do whatever it is is in your heart's desire. Do not allow bitterness, anger guilt, condemnation, fear. Don't allow that those emotions to move. Allow love, peace, joy, personal responsibility and accountability to rule you, to give you that um, to give you that hope. 
you know, get a vision for your life. If your life is not where you want it to be right now, take a piece of paper and write down, where am I right now? No matter what it is. And if you don't write that part of your life, then rewrite your own script. Write where it is that you want to be. Where would you like to be? Where would you like to go? And when you write that, focus on that. Because the Bible tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you don't think of yourself good, if you don't see good in your life, then there's no way that you're going to be able to attract good in your life. If we understood truly that our lives are like magnets, you attract to you what you think, what you feel, what you believe. So if you believe good, you will receive good. And I am a living testimony. I family can tell you I'm about spoiled I have gone through a lot in life but I promise you I get what I ultimately want out of this life <laughs> and sometimes I even have to be careful because well not but sometimes I have to be careful because even when I see things that I don't necessarily like I'm like mm, I thought about this and this is what I believed in it and it came to me and that's and it's absolutely true even like I said, with the, you know, me having my baby and I didn't want him in the room, I meant that from my heart. When I said I was tired, I meant that from my heart. When, you know, jobs that I've been able to uh, get, I've gotten those jobs because that's what I wanted. And I promise you, life will open up to you when you open up to it. Open up to a new life, a new beginning. A new mindset, a new heart. I say all the time, a changed mind is a changed life. Make sure you think properly. Your mind is your greatest real estate. I know people might not understand what that means, but your mind, invest in it. You know, watch what you put in it. Watch the conversations that you're having. Watch the things that you're listening to. You know, and it, it matters. Yes. It truly matters. Thank you, Keisha. Thank you so much. And for all of you listeners out there, um, and you've gone through a divorce or have gone through a divorce, look for support groups. There may be some support groups out there. Other women um, like Keisha who have gone through a divorce or two um, that will continue to provide you some hope and encouragement, inspire you to keep walking. Um, I'm sure that is a painful place to be. I've never gone through a divorce, but I know many that I'm connected to or, you know, even related to that have gone through a divorce. So it it can be, I'm sure it can be very painful, but I'm sure there's plenty of support groups out there. And, um, you know, like Keisha mentioned before um, on this platform about going to counseling. You know, get some therapy. You may need that. You know, look at yourself, what you're doing. And so continue to um, stay encouraged. Stay encouraged. Many people who have divorced didn't plan for it. They didn't even expect it to ever come to their marriage. So, you know, if you are going through or gone through a divorce, stay encouraged. There is a future for you. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Keisha. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, when you, most people do not plan to fail. We fail to plan. Mm-hmm. And if 
back and look at the foundation of why did I get married? You know, when you, you know, you might, you hear me ask a lot of questions, but those are the things that we have to start doing. We have to really start assessing our lives. We have to do an assessment and, and really dig deep and find out how did you get where you are. And then to dig yourself out of it. But realize anything that failed, you have to lose sometimes in order to win. So if you had a failed marriage, look at the lessons that you learned from it. Look at where you could have done better. Look at where you might have could have chosen better or, you know, decisions that you made. Just really start assessing your life and look and take ownership and responsibility for it. And then ask yourself, what do I want? And then ask God to show you. You know, there's sometimes that we don't often want to see about ourselves, but the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever, allow God to heal. And just know that there is life. You know, there there is life out here. And you can smile again. And you can believe again. And every, you know, relationship does not have to be bad. You know, there are good men out here. There are good women out here for men that are listening. But you have to be careful what you tell yourself. If you continue to tell yourself, oh, it's just, you know, these men ain't nothing. And we can easily get caught up in that. Then guess what? You're going to attract these men ain't nothing. But if you say, you know, there's a wonderful man out here just for me. You're going to attract that wonderful man that is just for you. Life and death are in the power. So when you think about power, there is power in your words. Yes. And the scripture says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Mm. So watch what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Watch what you believe. And, you know, the Bible tells us, and I, I need to look the scripture because I don't want to misquote it, but the Bible tells us that by my people, so when you think about him saying my people, that's us as believers. He says my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge mm. or our rejection of it. As a matter of fact, let me take a minute and really look it up because I want to quote that right. Okay. But, oh, Shoot, it came right up to hold on. <laughs> We're gonna really be transparent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really, when you talk about hope, I want to give people hope because here we go. It says in Hosea 4 and 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge mm. because thou hast rejected knowledge. It says, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget thy children. We don't want to be God's children and we are destroyed because we will not take on wisdom and knowledge. Mm -hmm. But even in Proverbs, it says that wisdom is the principal thing, but in all thy getting, get understanding. We need to get knowledge. So wherever you lack understanding like I was telling Trish before my first marriage it could have it could have been different because I didn't have a bad husband I just didn't have a um I don't want to say educated but because neither one of us knew knew better but I think that as a woman 
I could have made it differently because my husband, he, he loved me. I mean, he loved me the way that, the best way he knew how. And I think that we had something we could have worked with. Um, would have been challenging, but he wasn't a bad dude. Hmm. Um, my second marriage, and that's crazy because we, um, like I said, we were both saved. And, and, and that one was really more challenging because I was so confused because here I was trying to be the godly wife, trying to, you know, be the supportive wife and we couldn't get it together. So I was kind of thrown off with that. Mm-hmm. But I just want to close it out with there is life after divorce. Do not allow and then another thing too, if that man has I know a lot of women deal with infidelity do not blame yourself or think that there is something wrong with you Mm. do not blame yourself for someone else's choices and their behavior because no matter what a person can choose to be faithful a person can choose to cheat Mm. that's their choice and it has nothing to do with you and I say that because as a woman with everything that I went through with my husband I made a choice still not to ever commit adultery okay yes. and I and, and, and trust me I couldn't say it I had every reason to but I never did so people's choices that's their behavior but don't blame yourself and when you just feel as though you need to do better then you do better for you not for anyone else you live life for you so no matter what happens you can be okay because you have created a space still to love you to be loved and to be able to move forward in life so I hope I didn't get too long-winded with that but I think you did good, Keisha, and I think the listening audience is going to appreciate it, I believe, uh, based on your transparency, your experience in, in, in the subject, the topic. I believe that uh, you have done just that, encouraged somebody, which is, again, what Wise Women Chat uh, podcast is all about, um, providing hope. Uh, we're going to, going forth, have many more different topics. I think you did awesome. I want to uh, say thank you. I'm very grateful that you decided to come on this platform and share such a difficult subject. So I do appreciate it. I want to leave our uh, listening audience with the scripture. Um, and I believe each after each segment, this is what we're going to do is continue to encourage women that's going through all different kinds of uh, trials of life. And once again, this podcast is not exempt from men. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That is Jeremiah 29, 11. I want to say thank you for, uh, the, to the listening audience. Once again, thank you, Keisha. I appreciate you. I love you, girl. Thank you so much for um this tender subject, uh, I think you did wonderful. And I think that you are doing just what you said not to do to inspire and encourage women all over this um, world. Um, and if you had to go through it, like you mentioned um, to me at one time or another, if you had to go through it and you're still standing, you're going to help another woman Absolutely. understand how God walked you through that. So thanks again. 
Until next time, we'll chat later. Thank you. Thank you.